Hello, good evening, and welcome everyone. To open our meeting tonight, Lil, will you please announce the first hymn? Hymn number 151. In speechless prayer and reverence, dear Lord, I come to thee. My heart with love thou fillest, yea, with humility. My bread and wine thou art, with thee I hold communion. Thy presence healeth me, thy presence healeth me. Hymn number 151. If you'd like to follow along with the readings tonight, please go to our website, and from the home page, you will see the link to the live broadcast. Click on that, and then follow it through, to, and then click on the place that says, click here for the text of the Wednesday readings. And the theme for tonight is 
the Lord's Prayer. And the readings will now be given by Amanda from Missouri. The Bible. Leviticus. I am the Lord your God. Thou shalt not hate thy brother in thine heart. Thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people. But thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord. Ye shall keep my statutes. First Chronicles Blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, our Father, for ever and ever. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in the heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come of thee, and thou reignest over all. And in thine hand is power and might, and in thine hand it is to make great, and to give strength unto all. Now therefore, our God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. Psalms Give ear, O Lord, unto my prayer, and attend to the voice of my supplications. In the day of my trouble I will call upon thee, for thou wilt answer me. Among the gods there is none like unto thee, O Lord, neither are there any works like unto thy works. All nations whom thou hast made shall come and worship before thee, O Lord, and shall glorify thy name. The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him, to all that call upon him in truth. First John And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Hebrews Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Matthew And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain. And when he was set, his disciples came unto him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Take heed that ye do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. 
But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions, as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. After this manner, therefore pray ye, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. My house shall be called the house of prayer. Acts Ye are the children of the prophets, and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying unto Abraham, And in thy seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. Unto you, First God, having raised up his son Jesus, sent him to bless you, in turning away every one of you from his iniquities. Be it known unto you all, and to all the people of Israel, this is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which is become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Go, stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior, for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses of these things. And so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given to them that obey him. Wherefore, brethren, we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. I will now read correlative passages from Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures, and Prose Works, all from Mary Baker Eddy. The prayer that reforms the sinner and heals the sick is an absolute faith that all things are possible to God, a spiritual understanding of Him, an unselfed love. The test of all prayer lies in the answer to these two questions. 
Do we love our neighbor better because of this asking? Do we pursue the old selfishness, satisfied with having prayed for something better, though we give no evidence of the sincerity of our requests by living consistently with our prayer? There is a cross to be taken up before we can enjoy the fruition of our hope and faith. Our Master taught His disciples one brief prayer, which we name after Him, the Lord's Prayer. Our Master said, After this manner, therefore pray ye. And then He gave the prayer, which covers all human needs. Here let me give what I understand to be the spiritual sense of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, Mother, God, all harmonious, adorable one, thy kingdom is come. Thou art ever present. Enable us to know, as in heaven so on earth, God is omnipotent, supreme. Give us grace for today. Feed the famished affections. And love is reflected in love. And God leadeth us not into temptation, but delivereth us from sin, disease, and death. For God is infinite, all power, all life, truth, love, over all and all. The Lord's Prayer understood in its spiritual sense, and given its spiritual version, can never be repeated too often for the benefit of all who, having ears, hear and understand. In divine science, all belongs to God, for God is all, hence the propriety of giving unto his holy name due deference, the capitalization which distinguishes it from all other names, thus obeying the leading of our Lord's Prayer. The coming of Christ's kingdom on earth begins in the minds of men by honoring God and sacredly holding His name apart from the names of that which He creates. Hallow His name, even as you value His all-power, all-presence, all-science, and depend on Him for your existence. God is our Father and our Mother, our Minister and the Great Physician. He is man's only real relative on earth and in heaven. David sang, Whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon earth that I desire beside thee. Brother, sister, beloved in the Lord, knowest thou thyself and art thou acquainted with God? If not, I pray thee as a Christian scientist, delay not to make him thy first acquaintance. Glorious things are spoken of you in his word. Ye are a chosen people whose God is, what? Even all. Metaphysical science teaches us that there is no other life, substance, and intelligence 
but God. How much are you demonstrating of this statement? Shall we repeat our Lord's Prayer when the heart denies it, refuses to bear the cross and to fulfill the conditions of our petition? Human policy is a fool that saith in his heart, No God, a caressing Judas that betrays you and commits suicide. This godless policy never knows what happiness is and how it is obtained. In the desolation of human understanding, divine love hears and answers the human call for help. And the voice of truth utters the divine verities of being which deliver mortals out of the depths of ignorance and vice. It is the purpose of divine love to resurrect the understanding and the kingdom of God, the reign of harmony already within us. Through the word that is spoken unto you, are you made free. Abide in his word, and it shall abide in you. And the healing Christ will again be made manifest in the flesh, understood and glorified. Honor thy father and mother, God. Continue in his love. Bring forth fruit, signs following, that your prayers be not hindered. Pray without ceasing. Watch diligently. Never desert the post of spiritual observation and self-examination. Strive for self-abnegation, justice, meekness, mercy, purity, love. Let your light reflect light. Have no ambition, affection, nor aim apart from holiness. Forget not for a moment that God is all in all. The unity of God and man is not the dream of a heated brain. It is the spirit of the healing Christ that dwelt forever in the bosom of the Father and should abide forever in man. Christian scientists are really united to only that which is Christ-like, but they are not indifferent to the welfare of anyone. To perpetuate a cold distance between our denomination and other sects and close the door on church or individuals, however much this is done to us, is not Christian science. Our unity with churches of other denominations must rest on the Spirit of Christ calling us together. It cannot come from any other source. All Christian churches have one bond of unity, one nucleus or point of convergence, one prayer, the Lord's Prayer. It is matter for rejoicing that we unite in love and in this sacred petition with every praying assembly on earth, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. We will now have a moment of silent prayer and then follow by repeating together the Lord's Prayer.
our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Carol, will you please announce the next hymn? Hymn number 181. Loving Father, we thy children look to thee in fear's dark night, while the angels of thy presence guide us upward to the light. Hymn number 181. Good evening and welcome everyone to the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent. 
This is our weekly Wednesday evening testimony meeting for Wednesday, January 13th, 2021. Welcome one and all. People from all over the world have found our church. We're thankful for each and every one of you that have found our way to us. And we have quite an amazing outreach through our numerous different websites, many of which are in different foreign languages. So literally, we do reach people across the globe. I would like to encourage everyone to visit our websites and browse through them. There's so much there that we offer free of charge and with the love of this church for your reading, studying, listening, etc. And it is all inspired and healing. I'd like to point out one article that we're now featuring on the homepage of our English language website. It's an excerpt from The Writings of Gilbert Carpenter, and it's been entitled Watching in Mrs. Eddy's Home. And we know how important it is to be doing watching in a spiritual sense, and I highly recommend reading this. It's very informative. Join us every Sunday. We start Sundays here at 10 o'clock in the morning with our roundtable discussion. We follow that with our church service at 11 o'clock. We also offer a Sunday school for children, which meets every Sunday at 11 a.m. And this Sunday school has a teleconference number dedicated exclusively for the Sunday school, which means that your child can attend simply by, by telephone, by simply calling up the number. Call up the church, we'll give you the number for the Sunday school, and we would love to welcome your child here. One more announcement before we get on with things, and we're having a meeting of the members on Thursday, January 21st. That's one week from tomorrow. For, so for those of you who have joined us in membership, uh, we highly recommend that you join us at this meeting. It's going to start promptly at 8 p.m. And if you can't come to Plainfield to attend, you can attend via the teleconference. That's Thursday of next week, January 21st. I will now read from the Church Manual by Mary Baker Eddy, the section entitled Testimonials. Glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's, St. Paul. Testimony in regard to the healing of the sick is highly important. More than a mere rehearsal of blessings, it scales the pinnacle of praise and illustrates the demonstration of Christ who healeth all thy diseases. This testimony, however, shall not include a description of symptoms or of suffering, though the generic name of the disease may be indicated. Now, for everyone that gives a testimony tonight, we kindly request that you keep it within four minutes. This will enable everyone to have the opportunity to share their offering tonight. And for those of you who are on the teleconference, when you're ready to give a testimony, uh, please press the star button twice, 
Remember, however, when you do so, we're going to be able to hear you as well as any other sounds that your telephone picks up. So we kindly request that you be in a quiet place. And I will call on each of you one at a time by name. And our meeting tonight is now open for sharing testimonies of healing through Christian science. Jeremy. I am very grateful to be a member of this church and for all I have learned here about Christian science. The other night, a few of us watched a documentary by the Longyear Museum about Mary Baker Eddy's time at Chestnut Hill. It brought out that when they moved into Chestnut Hill, Mrs. Eddy told the workers that if she could do anything to make their rooms feel more like home, she would do it. I was very touched by that. As a child, we moved a lot, and I never felt like I had an actual home. As an adult, I came close, but there was nothing that lasted. But once I've come to this church, however, many things came together to help me feel truly at home. Christian science has taught me that our home, our place, is in God. And I am grateful to my practitioner and to the church members for making me feel that sense of home in all ways during my time here. It is wonderful to be here, to have that sense of home, and to also have the purpose and joy that church work brings. Thank you. Thank you. Joanne. Joanne from Florida, go ahead. Um, thank you for those beautiful readings tonight. Um, several years ago, when I was fairly new to Christian science, I was doing some gardening when a bee stung me. It was really painful and immediately began to swell up. Fortunately, the practitioner was nearby, and I was able to ask her for help. I've never forgotten what she told me, which was to love the bee. Well, I did that and started to think about all the good that the bees did in the garden and that they were part of God's love to creation along with me and that we could only bless each other. In a matter of moments, the pain stopped completely, the swelling disappeared, and that was the end of the bee sting, like it had never happened. I'm very grateful for this healing, for the practitioner's help that day, and to be reminded of this healing today. These blessings that we receive in Christian science go on and on and continue to bless us when we need them. I'm so grateful for all the good that Christian science has brought into my life and for membership in this church. Thank you. Thank you. Dave. Dave from Florida, go ahead. Yeah, hi. Uh, many years ago, I had some dental work done, and for some reason when I got home, I was in extreme pain. I called the practitioner for help. She told me to work with Science and Health, page 393, line 18, which says, Have no fear that matter can ache, swell, and be inflamed as the result of a law of any kind when it is self-evident that matter can have no pain nor inflammation. It also goes on to say, and I'm paraphrasing this, that the body would not suffer were it not for mortal mind. I would say that within a half an hour, the pain was gone, 
and I was able to go out to dinner and eat with no recurrence of the pain. I was very grateful for this quick healing. I'm grateful to be a member here for the healing practitioners, for Christian Science, and for those great readings tonight. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> Gary. I'm very grateful for the life-changing lessons that I've learned um, in addition to healings um, through Christian science. Um, one of, I've been thinking about one recently, uh, and it relates to, there's a statement in Science and Health which reads, Final deliverance from error is not reached through paths of flowers. Well, I grew up attending Sunday school in some Boston-affiliated churches, and by the time I arrived here in Plainfield as a young adult, uh, I had the uh, clear perception, <laughs> I thought it was clear, that the purpose the primary purpose of Christian science was to enable us to live a life without problems, without confrontation. In other words, a path of flowers. That's what I believed when I got here. And I had some wonderful healings after I arrived from a fine practitioner. Healings of sickness and career issues and family issues. I knew I had found the correct practice of Christian science when I got here. But in the back of my mind, there was this nagging concern. Why was I having problems? Why was I so uncomfortable in confrontational situations? In other words, what was wrong with me that my life was not a path of flowers? Well, dear Mrs. Evans, fine practitioner and a teacher in this church, provided the answer for me. And I'm so grateful that she did. She taught me, first, <clears throat> that the primary purpose of Christian science is not to make our lives problem-free. Rather, it is to destroy, and let me repeat that, to destroy the beliefs of sickness and sin for all mankind and that through our prayers and for standing for what is right to free us all to be what God made, perfect as God is. And if a problem comes up, well, it's a stepping stone in our spiritual growth. It's to strengthen our understanding that God heals and that if we take a strong stand for what's right, yeah, it's going to be uncomfortable because the devil does not want to be exposed and destroyed. So get over it. <laughs> <laughs> so facing and overcoming problems each day is, you know, it's not something to be avoided. It's really an essential part of our spiritual growth. Well, it took a while, but once this revelation sank in, it made a huge difference in my life. I no longer condemned myself or got annoyed for experiencing problems. I stopped shying away from confrontational situations. If I felt uncomfortable in them, that was okay 
because I knew it wasn't me. It was the error that did not want to be destroyed, but was ripe for destruction. I thank God for the help of Mrs. Evans and for other practitioners in this church and for Mrs. Eddy for faithfully giving us this clear and complete explanation of what life is really all about. Thank you, Amanda, for those readings tonight. It's so good to be with you all here tonight. Thank you. Linda. Thank you very much for the readings tonight, and thank you for the music. Tonight I want to express my gra gratitude for the many lessons that are giving me a growing understanding of how to have God-centered interactions and changing in a positive way my communication with others. This is a, has been through the work of my Plainfield practitioner who's been helping me address issues that I found upsetting and difficult. Also, attending the classes and daily applying what is taught. I also have been using ideas from a teaching testimony on the website titled Presence, Certainty, Position by Mary Beth Singletary. Over the year, I turned to it often to be reminded of ideas that helped me gain poise before challenging interactions. Now I'm finding I'm more mindful of my motives during the communication. I have more awareness of the presence I'm bringing and working on keeping the conversation in heaven. I have been reminded by my practitioner that it is always one child of God talking to another child of God. My thoughts of myself and others are changing from expectations of problems, fearful or limited views, to the truths about man found in the Bible and Mary Baker Eddy's writings, which are based on the Bible. Keeping the conversation in heaven reminds me to pray both before, during, and after, whether it's texting, calls, emails, or in-person interactions. The other day, what could have been a problematic call was instead carefully and kindly solved, and at the end I was led to express my appreciation to the person that helped me. The individual was so joyous to receive the kind words and said that it was just what they needed to hear at that moment. I felt the call had been given to both of us from God. I'm very grateful for our God, Christ Jesus, Mary Baker already, and the Plainfield Christian Science Independent Church. Thank you. Yeah, this is Bruce. I'd like to add my thanks tonight because there's so much that I have to be thankful for coming to the Plainfield Church and learning about Christian science and getting many, many benefits from it. I'd like to point out a passage that's in our lesson this for this week from Romans where Paul says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. This is a passage we've had many times in our lesson throughout the years. 
and it's always been so helpful and inspiring, but it calls to mind one specific time a number of years ago when it seemed like everything I did put me in an, an apologetic situation. I found myself feeling almost apologetic for everything that I said and did. And then I realized there's no need for this because, you know, I came here to Plainfield to learn about Christian science, to learn about Mary Baker Eddy, what she did and what she gave the world. And even though I had to agree there's so much that I have yet to learn, and I still do today, but that doesn't mean that I have to be pushed into an apologetic situation, but rather, I mean, like Paul said, there is no condemnation. Because I was walking a path where I was going after the Spirit. There's nothing wrong with that. So, also I just realized that when Paul wrote this, this was not just a mere suggestion. It was a strong statement of absolute truth. In other words, it laid down the law that there is no condemnation, that there is a law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus that made me free from any law of sin or death. Well, I remember that time a number of years ago when I thought along these terms, I felt my strength coming back immensely and confidence, confidence in good, not confidence in me personally or individually, but confidence in Almighty God and me as his humble servant. And even though I may have much to learn, and I still do, like I said before, I still have the confidence of going forward step by step with God, willing to learn whatever it is I need to learn, and shedding this sense of condemnation, which is ungodlike. Shardell. Thank you for the readings tonight and for our music. I am grateful for the weekly lessons at Plainfield and the roundtables. The lesson this week is called Life. As I was thinking about how grateful I am to begin somewhat to understand this life, my life with God, the only life there is, enables me to leave behind or drop at least some of my worldly beliefs. This thought process brought me to something that was said at the last roundtable about forsaking all worldliness. It's a quote. I don't want to be judged by world standards. Why? Because they change every day, every year, and they are meaningless to God. End quote. Some time ago, after I made my covenant with God, as so wisely taught here, it seemed only right to change my thinking about what is really true about me. It is like connecting the dots to make a clear, real picture. I am so grateful for everything taught here that makes it possible to grow in God's grace. Thank you. Thank you. Craig. I'd like to thank Amanda for the readings and the Lord's Prayer and the music that we've so inspiring. It sets a tone for the, the love that's here and is here every, 
every service. I'm, uh, I found that God gave me probably the most challenging job I've had as a parent, and I thank him for the Lord's Prayer and to be taught how to pray here, to get to, to, to have me do what is right as a parent, and to, to be the loving shepherd, and to love and correct. As um, so, I, I think from the lessons week it indicates again there is no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who often not after the flesh but after the spirit well I uh, I was trying to be the best parent I could and I sometimes uh, well I definitely have to pray and, and I did pray but it's a question of getting you to be of being the, the strong parent and not being too emotional in my case and this time, I think I was too emotional, and it set me off on a path of not having my peace afterwards. So I, I in taking my wife to the supermarket, I parking, I bumped, cracked a lady's taillight, which I had never done before. And I could have just run away, said sorry, without doing anything, but I knew God would want me to stay there to love her and to take responsibility for what I had done and trust him. So I did. And I stayed there and eventually she came back and I said, this is who I am and I will pay for it. And I did. She found the price and I, a person to fix it and I did. But when I said that to her, I felt so much that I didn't know how God was going to make things right. First, he gave me my peace back. And I had talked to our practitioner prior about the whole situation, not just that car situation, but about my home, being a good parent, and I got my peace back immediately. And then I got my hymn, hymn 49, on clothe, <clears throat> that uh, dear Lord and Father, clothe me in my rightful mind. And I sang it, and I sang it, and I sang it. Anyway, beauty thing is, if you just trust God, even if you don't know how it's going to work, you're going to get everything you need to be the person that he made and to be effective. And home life has been better since then I've been less emotional and more just strong, I think, light example. And uh, I trust that everything will work out just fine. But it is the prayer to have enough courage to pray instead of just doing to go to God and, and say, God, what should I do? And then uh, trust that it, you'll know. And he does. He always tells us. And it always works. Thank God for Mary Baker Eddy. Thank you. Kara from New Mexico. Go ahead. Thank you so much for those fantastic readings about the Lord's Prayer. Um, this morning, I... I woke up thinking about the way Mrs. Eddy uses the word exciting. She refers more than once to the exciting cause of disease or suffering. Now, in our current understanding of this word, most people wouldn't be too excited about either disease or suffering. But in the 19th century, it turns out the word exciting meant causing disease, because to excite meant to move, stir up, rouse, call out, summon forth. So, I began thinking, what, according to Mrs. Eddy, 
stirs up and rouses and calls out and summons forth disease and suffering. More to mind, she says. Meaning the mentality that we are each separate mortals born and then living until we die. And what is the remedy? Understanding that there is never anything except the infinite manifestation of the infinite mind. Well, earlier this week, I experienced suffering from what might have been called in Mrs. Eddy's day, sick headache. And sometimes it felt really hard to hold to the truth, so I had to keep it simple. I worked with God is all, God is good, good is all, and and that was really helping. And by late evening, I felt ready to eat something. So I put a baking potato in the microwave. Now, I rarely use microwaves, which became evident when I set the entire potato on fire. I mean, like flames and smoke. (laughs) Talk about exciting. Well, what happened was it reminded me of an old article called The Smell of Fire, which I loved by Louise Knight Knight Wheatley. And so um, once the excitement died down, I reread it. And it's about the three men in the Bible who are bound up and thrown into the fiery furnace by a king who demands they give up their belief in God. But instead of dying, of course, the three of them walk around in the flames, joined by a fourth figure who is pure light. The king is so amazed that he pulls them out, only to find that they are not even slightly singed, unlike my poor potato. And, unlike my apartment, there was no smell of fire on them. Well, it turned out that this exciting event had something to teach me. And the first was this, which I read in the article. Let us refuse to allow error to attach itself to us in any way, shape, or manner. It's claimed that it once had activity, presence, power, or law is a false and spurious claim and should be seen and handled only as its last desperate effort, since all else has failed, to get itself perpetuated as a belief of memory. I saw that I'd been giving this seemingly chronic condition of sick headache ongoing reality by remembering it having happened before. The writer says there are two ways that these kinds of memories seem to stick, through self-pity or self-condemnation, or both. And she tells us to break this mesmerism by refusing to accept any argument that perpetuates a belief in a material past. And I love this. To hold a post-mortem over error is tacitly to admit that it once had life. And that just helped me so much. But it was the last part of the article that really brought everything home for me. She says that Mrs. Eddy wrote that only those who were tried in the furnace reflect the image of their father. Well, suddenly my incendiary potato took on a whole new light because the king pulled the three men out when he realized that that fourth figure was the son of God. And the author says that heavenly glimpse of divine reality that clear realization of man as he really is, the Son of God, is not so often gained in our hours of ease as in those testing times when the utmost efforts of animal magnetism seem put forth to destroy the Christ idea for which we stand. So let us rejoice, even if it were through great tribulation, that we gained the vision. (laughs) Well, it all turned out that my exciting evening of lighting a potato on fire happened to show me that the exciting cause of disease and suffering is always a belief held in thought, and that when dis-ease is 
summoned or called forth, it is God who is doing summoning the lies so that we can recognize them as untrue and let them disappear back into their native nothingness. Because no matter how hard animal magnetism works to destroy the Christ idea, it can't. Because animal magnetism is nothing, and God is all. And that's what I've been learning here at Plainfield through the practice of Christian science and while working with my practitioner. And I can truly say that this learning and practice is always exciting. Thank you. Ingrid. Ingrid from California. Go ahead. Hello. Thank you for the readings, and thank you for all of your great work, and especially for that amazing website. Thank you so much. I would like to express my gratitude for all what I have learned through the decades with this amazing science of the Christ, never failing, and would like to share something that happened when I was uh, crossing a river back, and it wasn't a huge river or anything we knew. It was something safe. We could just walk through uh, logs and stones, uh, but on the way back, one of the logs moved out a little bit too much, and I ended up falling into the river, and I fell on my back. And someone gave me a hand uh, very quick, and I just got up. But when I finished crossing the river, I realized that my phone was in the back pocket. And I'm like, well, my phone. I took it out, and I just, by the time I, I, I took it out, I already was praying about wonderful things that I have learned and wonderful testimonies that I have heard about any electronic, any car, anything, just uh, being completely brought to its perfection by knowing that it's also a perfect idea of God and as God's creation cannot be changed. And I was going through all these wonderful divine inspirations and... um, uh, a few minutes later, the the phone turned on, but the camera, we were still at this beautiful outdoor place with, with river and mountains, and so I wanted to take pictures, and then I realized that the camera wasn't working at all. It was, I couldn't even see a picture, anything. It was just all white. So I just kept on praying, and when after we left, um, someone told me there was a mall and maybe they could help me there. I didn't want to wait that long in case that there was really some water or whatever. I guess they owed our little faith. But I still was praying and I still was knowing mainly that God is always in control and and just keeping uh, declaring that God's creation cannot be changed ever. And uh, but the camera wasn't doing anything, so I went to the mall, and the guy at the phone store said, "Oh no, your camera got all all bad. We have to replace it." 
And then he told me, you know, a couple of hundred dollars to replace it. And I just said, okay, thank you. I will just wait. And the wait, when I said wait, I knew, hey, get down to what you know because you have plenty of absolute spiritual uh, inspirations to to uh, just declare and, and know. And so I did that. I was kind of busy because I, I was the driver and, you know, all this stuff, so I had to take care of things, but I was still holding um, just all these wonderful spiritual truths. And um, by the time I got to my destination, the camera was working perfectly. I could see again all my pictures. And till today, I'm... You know, just using that phone and the camera. So I'm so grateful that it doesn't matter what it is, who it is, what it seems to be, when we declare the absolute spiritual truth that can never change and will never change. It always just brings everything as it should be and all the perfection. And this is, as we know, for any person and any uh, sickness and any virus stuff, whatever it is, is nothing to divine mind and divine love because it's always in control. So very grateful for these wonderful teachings and for all the people that help for them to be out in the world like you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Dale, Dale from Virginia, go ahead. Thank you. Thank you for those excellent readings. When it was read from Acts chapter 3, ye are the pro children of the prophets and of the covenant which God, gave, which God made with our fathers, saying unto Abraham, And in thy seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. It reminded me of Saturday's Bible study when we talked about the commandments, statutes, and judgments which God gave and for us to teach to our children, to keep them on our mind and upon our hand so that they would direct mm -hmm. our action. I'm grateful that in this independent church, we are taught to memorize Bible verses or statements of truth from Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures by Mary Baker Eddy. With these truths readily at hand, we always have a source of comfort and power to declare in any situation. Many, many times I've experienced very quick healings or protection when immediately declaring some truth I've made my own. And it is a comfort to know, as we read in Jeremiah chapter 31, that God made this covenant with the house of Israel. Quote, I will put my law in their inward parts <clears throat> and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. They shall all know me from the least of them unto the greatest of them." End quote. In the glossary of science and health, part of the definition of children of Israel is, quote, Christ's offspring. End quote. So God made a covenant not with a race of people, but all who turn to God, Spirit, with all their heart and mind and strength and soul. 
I am so grateful to know about our covenant with God and, and with these readings tonight that we are all united as children of our Father, Mother, God. Thank you very much for this service. Thank you. Debbie. Debbie from Illinois. Go ahead. Thank you. Today I was led once again um, to study the article Body by Mary Baker Eddy. An excerpt from the article is as follows. Quote, Stop thinking about the body or trying to picture it as perfect from your standpoint. Our highest perception of the body today is far short of what body really is. Stop tinkering with it mentally. Loose it and let it go. Just know that it is God's body and that God is this moment and every moment forming it or bringing it forth according to his word, his divine idea. Jesus recognized Lazarus as an undying manifestation of God. You are that undying and perfect manifestation of God, end quote. I'm very grateful for this truth of my body, and I'm eagerly putting it into practice, and know that this truth will allow me to be freed from all beliefs of pain, lack, and disease in my body. Thank you very much. Thank you. Day Day from Georgia. Go ahead. Thank you. I'm thankful for Christian science and the learning experience that I'm having, which is proving to me over and over again that there truly is an answer to every problem and a permanent healing awaiting every ill. This understanding gives me endless comfort and the confidence needed to continue in prayer when something is worrying or disturbing me. I no longer have the desire or ability to hide from fears or even pain resulting in anger discouragement, or resentment. Rather, I've learned the necessity of staying in constant prayer for clarity on what God is telling me and obedience to how he is directing me. I'm thankful that God, my ever-present provider and protector, is always teaching me what I need to know to improve not only my experience, but my entire life. And I'm grateful for the blessings that come from each new lesson. Thank you so much for tonight's readings and for all the testimonies. Thank you. Someone's calling from area code 704. 728. Uh, please announce yourself and go ahead with your testimony. Hi, this is Sandy. This is at Area Cove of North Carolina. I just want to express... My gratitude for your roundtables. Um, every every time, I just so amazed about the these divine ideas, the the independent Christian Scientist Church in New Jersey had come up with all these illumined ideas about your website. I have a daughter. Her name is Angelica. She grow learning about Christian Science. Um. She woke up apart a little bit, and um, and my son too, uh, be going to law school. I've been sending the roundtables without interfering 
or inf or trying to influence them too much is I hear or or listen to the round table with uh, Mary Beth and in, in Florence. If I hear something, I say, well, let me share that with my kids. If my daughter was searching for a job in a law firm, um, she was worried. I said, listen to the round table and do the Lord prayer and, and do the this Bible lesson, and especially we like at the end of every Bible lesson, the ammunition, the or duties, the Medivacity has say in the beginning we would listen it without taking it in. But as we take it in, it's our duty, the things that we have to do and don't let us to get influenced erroneously. So anyway, I keep sending to my children. My daughter ended up having this wonderful job. She got hired because she knows the understanding of the science and she said, Mom, thank you for keep forwarding to me all these things for a Christian scientist independence. And my son today is worried about what law school he should select. He said, Mom, thank you for the treatment. I said, Son, don't take me. Take Christian scientist independence on New Jersey in the round tables. And, and pray for them because this church is really, it's just wonderful. I'm just so grateful for you guys. I'm looking forward for the day that I can fly to New Jersey to visit the church in person. I'm so grateful for every article, for every writing, for every time that you take to, of your personal life to teach this wonderful teachings the right way, the way that Miss Mary Baker in the intended. I'm so grateful to be a child of God. I'm grateful for so many blessings to be safe, to know that all things work together for good. If we look at to the Christ consciousness, thank you for your readings tonight. Thank you. And we also are looking forward to that day when you come here to visit us. Florence from Georgia. Go ahead. Thank you. And thank you, Amanda, for the beautiful readings on the Lord's Prayer. I'm so grateful for Mary Baker Eddy through God's message and Christ Jesus and how they lived their examples for us to follow. One of them is praying unceasingly and particularly praying before our meals. I'm giving this testimony because I hear a lot of food in being an affliction, meal times, which should be a, a time of gratitude and happiness, has become a time of anxiety and painful afterwards for many people. And I just am so grateful that through science we see that this is just one more way that modern mind will keep us slaves, to be afraid of eating. And I'm just so grateful that the Lord's Prayer is one of those simple but preventative steps we can take every time we, all, we eat. I know what this lie does. It will start, you know, making you afraid of eating something. And so you eliminate that. And then the next thing. And then the next thing. And so I'm so grateful that in our blue book as well, Mrs. Hedy gives us something which 
is very simple but can be used in conjunction or as an alternative to using the Lord's Prayer. It's on page 195 of the Blue Book. It says, Before each meal, deny the existence of any power or intelligence that can interfere with our conscious oneness with God. I find that so beautifully said and just so powerful. And I I say, anyone who is being tempted with this lie, please use what we've been given. Have faith in it. It works. We do not have to be afraid of food. Something so good, nourishment from our father, mother, and we can stand our ground with the Lord's Prayer or the simple prayer in the Blue Book. I am so grateful to be here, to hear all the testimonies that tell us that indeed there is a Father, Mother, God always present, and we can turn to Him and have our relief. I'm so grateful to be here tonight. Thank you. To close our meeting tonight, Linda, will you please announce the last hymn? Hymn number 10. All power is given unto our Lord. On him we place reliance. With truth from out his sacred word, we bid our foes defiance. With him we shall prevail, whatever may assail. He is our shield and tower. Almighty is his power. His kingdom is forever. Tim Kent. <clears throat>